In this episode, we talk RX Spy Shots, the TX550H Plus, and two new sports cars, this week on the Lexus Enthusiast Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Watts, the founder of Lexus Enthusiast, and joining us, Michael Pannone, executive editor. Hey, Kevin. I am uh, excited to be on this edition of the Renovation Enthusiast podcast. <laughs> this week, we will be discussing hardwood floor stains. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey. I'm quite partial to a, a white oak. <laughs> uh, that's what I have, too, but I have to yeah. stain it because I have dogs. I was, oh, I was yeah, talking yeah. to the floor guys, and I was like, can we just keep it like this? Like, can we just leave it this way? And it was funny, and he's like, well, if you have dogs or if you have any girl shoes. <laughs> I was like, girl shoes? <laughs> He's like, yeah, if you have anybody who, and he like, he couldn't think of it. And I was like, high heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, if you have anybody, if you have dogs or you have anybody with high heels, you won't want these the way they are. And I was like, all right, stay. Girl so, shoes. That's anyway. that's pretty classic. Yeah. Anyway, how are you? Yeah, doing good. I'm excited to talk about the Lexus portfolio of uh, SUVs and crossovers, particularly because um Tomorrow, actually, I pick up a LX600 F Sport, uh, manganese luster, circuit red interior. I'm very excited. And uh, it's really yeah. got me thinking a lot about the way that Lexus has done everything and, and positioned themselves. So I think we just jump right into it. Yeah. And I think that the best place to start is the recent trademark. Recent trademark in that there are two parts to it, of course, the TX550H Plus. And uh, TX, obviously, ha- we've been talking about it for so long, is this three-row crossover that will be based on the Grand Highlander from Toyota which also has not been released. So this is a confirmation of that, once again, of the TX. But the 550H Plus is a new wrinkle to everything, obviously somehow related to the NX450H Plus, which was a plug-in hybrid. What are your initial thoughts on this 550H Plus powertrain? I definitely was excited about the trademark because just like I've talked about before, I'm fairly concerned about a like three row, 5,000 pound SUV with a four cylinder engine. Yeah. You know, we've expected that the TX350 will probably have the same turbo four cylinder as the NX. We've expected that the TX500H will probably have the new turbo four cylinder plus hybrid system. We're expecting that one to be in the realm of like 350, 370 horsepower. So Mm -hmm. That's definitely better for an SUV of that size. Absolutely. But you talk about like taking that platform and putting people in it and gear in it and, you know, a dog in it for a road trip. And it's like every little bit of extra power I think is going to help. Mm-hmm. So when the 550H trademark showed up, I was like, OK, all right, I feel I feel good about this. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think? Well, I wonder how they're going to do it. I mean, this obviously is a new powertrain. I don't believe there's anything in the engine range that could possibly be this in the Toyota range, is there? Mm, No. Yeah. Not yet. It's new. Yeah. So I would imagine it's going to be some sort of turbo hybrid. Yeah, I think so too. And then added additionally with the plug-in. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, the interesting thing about the NX450H Plus, it only has the 35 miles of range. And I was thinking that potentially that they could be boosting the numbers based on range as opposed to power. But that's a hard, you know, I don't know. know, It's certainly possible. Yeah. So that's the only other idea I had about that. It could potentially be that same powertrain, but just with more battery and make it potentially go further. Mm hmm. 
I guess the flip side of more battery is it also usually means more power and better performance. Right, so. exactly. And more weight, but yeah, it's sure. all a seesaw balancing act. So, But the one thing about the TX, just coming back to the TX in general, after we posted our last podcast, one of the forum members, NX Racer, pointed out that we've already seen a render of the TX when Lexus and Toyota released all of those models in December. Mm-hmm. And I think it just goes to show about the overload of that event that I actually forgot <laughs> that we had seen the TX. So I pulled it up and, and took a look at it and uh, shared it with you. And I just thought we could talk about it because one of the things that is so confusing about what Lexus is doing and the range of crossovers and SUVs that they have is how they're almost on an opposite beat of what mm-hmm. Toyota is doing. Yeah. And by that, I mean, what Toyota has done is they've canceled the Land Cruiser, released this new Sequoia, and now they're planning this crossover flagship with the Grand Highlander. And instead of Lexus sort of following that same path, they've decided to continue their parallels with the actual Land Cruisers that are available in other parts of the world with the Prado Mm -hmm. and then just the standard Land Cruiser with the LX. When I saw that picture, when the electric car announcement was made in December. Remember, we were kind of going down the line, which one's this, which one's this, Mm -hmm. which one's this. When we got to that SUV in the back row, I'm just going to be honest. I was like, I hope that's not the TX. Mm. (laughs) Like, I don't know what that is, but I hope it's not the TX. Are you looking at that picture right now? Yeah. Yeah. I just pulled it up. Tell me it doesn't look like a huge Subaru Forester. (laughs) I can't, I can't disagree with you. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if I kind of squint and blur my eyes, I can also see hints of the LX in there. And I I remember when I first saw it, you know, I don't know about that last row. I mean, we're talking about this photo. If, you know, you're listening and can't really remember, it was a photo of like all of the Lexus EVs that were coming out. And then in the back row was like a series of production models mm-hmm. that looked as though they would probably be released between the ev occasion of lexus and you know now and there was like the ux was there there was a corolla cross something that looked like a corolla cross which we have yet to talk about which is crazy and and so basically there's an rx there's the nx and there's this just larger square box looking crossover that looks like a subaru forester mixed with an lx (laughs) <laughs> with with the additional uh, smooth front grille of the RZ. So it's a mm-hmm. bit of a hodgepodge. And I don't necessarily know how much we can really pull from these images because, you know, the RX is beside it. And I don't really see them releasing an RX that looks exactly like the existing RX. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what it looked like. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of what I've heard. <laughs> but really? we, have, we, have, we have RX spy shots to talk about. In a little well, bit yeah, too, that's so right. Maybe I mean, we will. But one of the interesting things about our conversation last week, you know, we were talking about the TX and its relationship to this Grand Highlander and how if it is a Grand Highlander based vehicle, we're looking at more of a mid-range three-row SUV as opposed to something that's like flagship level. Mm -hmm. And it really brought up this whole dynamic in the Lexus range of of the LX being the flagship and how it's kind of ill-suited to be in that position and about how Lexus really doesn't have what the, you know, the US dealers were just calling for, which was like an Escalade fighter. And it just feels like there's a lot of moving parts here. 
it's interesting to me the way that the debut of the LX in North America has actually created more questions, like exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, where people saw it. You know, I think at first glance, everyone was like, OK, cool, this is a new LX. And then as it's settled in and made its way through the media cycle, I think, you know, not to harp on it, but I think that the North American buyer is sort of left a little bit cold. And it's no surprise that for a long time, actually like 10 plus years, the North American dealer body has been asking for essentially like a Lexus Sequoia, like a full size, mm-hmm. somewhat less expensive SUV that they can sell against the Yukon and everything else. And it, that's not really how the LX turned out. It's the same size. It's, you know, it has a third row, but it's not great if you really want to put people back there. In some ways, you know, it, it's great in the best LX ever, but I don't know that it's really, again, what people people in North America wanted. So then it gravitates to this discussion because we know about TX trademarks. And then you talk about the fact that the GX should be coming at some mm-hmm. point. And it's just funny to see how people are sort of clamoring to fill that spot. And people have quickly been like, OK, so it's not going to be the LX. What's next? Yeah, exactly. So I, I totally agree with you. And there was a lot of discussion on the forum this week. And I've seen a couple people bring this point up of saying, oh, I've heard that the TX is going to be bigger than the Yukon and bigger than the Escalade. Okay, well, the Sienna is also bigger than the Escalade. (laughs) Um, And it's not the same, you know, like, so we're if we're sitting here talking about a quote unquote full size three row unibody front wheel drive based four cylinder crossover. That is very, very different from a full size body on frame rear wheel drive, four wheel drive V8 mm-hmm. vehicle. So about as similar as they are is going to be the comparison in interior room, because other than that, they're going to be completely and wholly different. And it positions, in my opinion, the TX is much more of like like an F, a true MDX type competitor, Audi Q7 than Mm -hmm. Lexus has ever had before. Because we all know the RXL just sort of, you know, filled the gap, but didn't really do the job. And I think Lexus knows that the volume is in that place, not in the like 100,000 plus space. And then, I mean, we always text and I said, well, what about the next GX? What mm-hmm. if the next GX is based on the Sequoia? And you and you said <laughs> you said that it would cost more than the LX. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, thinking a lot about the way that Toyota has done it and the Toyota strategy is so dead on to the North American market. Mm hmm discontinued the Land Cruiser, replaced it with the Sequoia. The Sequoia, we, so impressive. it really is such a stunning into this range. And then, like I said, they have this Grand Highlander coming out, which can then serve as sort of a flagship crossover. That's really cool. That's a really cool portfolio of vehicles. Mm-hmm. And then Lexus, all they've done is they've placed vehicles in between. So it's like, here's a vehicle that goes above the, I guess, goes above the the Sequoia with the LX. And then just right below the Sequoia, we're going to put the GX, which is kind of a forerunner. And I don't know, it just feels like there's still so many gaps. We have touched on it before where Lexus loves to try to tackle two segments with one vehicle. like. Yeah. The ES, like the LS, like the RX, like the LX. Mm -hmm. And you're totally right that the Toyota lineup is just a little bit more on the nose. It is what it is. They've done a really good job. They've done a really, really good job. And one of the things that makes me excited about the TX is, again, we're both based in North America, so we're going to have a more North American skewed. uh, Yeah, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Yeah. But part of the reason that people love the Sequoia and the Tundra so much is that they were 
designed for North American buyers and they are built and manufactured like here in North America. Yeah. The, the manufacturing part of it, honestly, I couldn't care less about. I still like my cars made in Japan, but these are vehicles where they're looking at the market, looking at the buyer and they're responding to exactly what they want. So as much as it's no surprise, right, that we love the Sequoia and we love the Tundra, they were made for this market. Yeah. And um, that is supposed to be the story with the TX. The TX is supposed to be made for this market responding to the need for a full-size three-row vehicle. I think the confusion people have is that full-size three-row can mean Escalade and full-size three-row can mean like MDX. (laughs) And and there's there's a big space there. Well, (laughs) it's funny because then Lexus will just straddle that, I guess. Right. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we may have just cracked the code. (laughs) Well, it's funny because if you look at all three of them, all three of them are sort of weird, right? Like the LX is small for full-size the GX probably could have two rows and people would be happier with it. And the TX allegedly is going to be enormous. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. But I, I do agree with you. The point, like, I don't think that the Sequoia will become the Lexus GX. Mm-hmm. It would be, it would be probably more expensive than the LX. So it would be like, you know, 95 to like $130,000 just yeah. because again, the Sequoia has the hybrid powertrain and all the good, you know, new technology and panoramic roof and all that and uh it would position the gx really above the lx and i just don't think lexus is going to do it have has there been any talk of pricing on that on the sequoia no but the pricing for the tundra capstone and like some of the hybrid trims came out so Mm -hmm. i mean i'm expecting probably that the sequoia will start in like the mid to upper 50s and probably go up into the low 80s with like the capstone yeah oh my god sequoia capstone yeah that's a and i guess like that's the we struggle against this all the time in that there are no two brands mainstream and luxury that are so tightly wound in together as lexus and toyota Mm -hmm. and by that i mean toyota leaves specific niche areas for lexus to fill and it's not like somebody who's going out to buy a Yukon isn't going to look at the Sequoia. Right. So in a way they are satisfying that market and bringing Toyota, the Toyota brand upscale. Yep. So (laughs) there really is like this kind of skew that you don't really see with any other two sister or brother brands. And the other thing about Lexus is that it's so global focused right now. They're trying to come out with these models that suit all around the world. The big markets for the LX we've talked about my god Russia Middle East yeah Middle East we talked about this like where they are the number one sellers there and they just thought oh, we'll just bring it over to North America and we'll see what happens and I think a lot of that probably has to do with this electrification of Lexus I feel like there's going to be a lot of this sort of stopgap vehicles okay well this is what we have and this is what we're going to do and we're not going to think about it too hard and we're just going to release what we have and then we're going to put batteries and everything else and go down to a you know a four model lineup like tesla so i mean we're going to see so much change in the lexus brand over the next five to ten years and it really just shows how um lost 
I'm, you know, you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say? Like, it just it just, just it shows that the plan, like the it, the plan, honestly, just is not that like it's not that shaken out. It's not that developed. Yeah. And the other wild card in all of this that we haven't even talked about yet is that Lexus electrified SUV concept. So it's like at it, it, the same December event where the you know alleged TX was on the back row in one of the front rows, you had this absolutely beautiful super clean short overhang like great roof line i mean probably one of the probably the best looking suv maybe lexus has ever built since the lf i believe so yeah yeah and and it just it was like whoa 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 so when you look at that thing personally i'm like i'm hoping this is where the tx is going and not the subaru forester look because Mm -hmm. this is really really pretty like that's a really good looking car so and you know again we go back to that point of how conceptual were those concepts what's the time frame, you know, things like that. Who knows? That SUV was beautiful. So is that going to be something new? Is that like the freaking 2032 TX? I have no idea. (laughs) Well, it it also leads to another point in that. Do you really see them releasing any of these EVs that they've been talking about? Do you see them releasing them at with a conventional powertrain as well Mm -mm. as a full EV? No, because I don't. I don't see that. I think that they the Tesla inspiration behind what Lexus is doing is so obvious. I mean, <laughs> it's just so clearly aligned to this idea of like a very small range of vehicles that just simply dominate their their segments. And I think that that's I don't what- even know if it's that like the range has to be that small, but when you do electrification technology, like the skateboard platform, I think is what Ford calls it. Like it is way more scalable and way easier to build like multiple models and stretch the wheelbase and call them this, like, you know, different versions of the same thing, which Lexus has always loved that strategy. So, (laughs) so um, this is probably perfect, but no, I mean, you know, you come up with a platform where you can tuck a battery into it and you stretch the wheelbase, you know, in and out and you change the size of the battery. And when you have four wheel drive technology, that's more driven by electrification and like in axle motors and stuff like that, you're not accommodating all the hardware uh, that you are for something like a Land Cruiser. So the future is certainly scalable and there's a lot of opportunity there. Well, we even saw it. And I mean, I was being a little hyperbolic when I said four vehicles, but the whole thing with the way that Lexus presented it was there was a sort of a sedan shape and that sedan shape was converted into a coupe and then also Mm -hmm. converted into a convertible. And I mean, Mm -hmm. what you're talking about there is potentially the IS, the RC and the RC convertible, like, or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't even know if they're going to do it like that. Like, it's just so curious. Are they going to abandon all of their, all of their nameplates? It's, it's super interesting, but also kind of stressful. Yeah, it is. It is. I would be surprised if they abandon any of the nameplates. And then another thing that I've been wondering about as well is, will there be different sizes of batteries? And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're I think we're heading towards a point where probably in the short term, it seems like remember when Lexus dropped the T, there was no IS 200 T. Yeah. And, and yeah, so yeah. I think it's possible that we could see Lexus drop the H when everything just becomes hybrid. And like mm-hmm. similarly, once we're in the electric era, you know, like, is there going to be a, is there going to be an LS 500 with like a smaller, you know, lower range, lower power battery pack? And is there going to be an LS mm-hmm. 600 with like a bigger, larger battery pack? I don't know. I don't know anything about the technology yet, but could be. Well, they'll just possible. come up with these, um, these trim level code names, call them right. like, <laughs> Takumi and <laughs> so on and so forth. But, um, yep. 
you know, it's it just goes to show just how much in flux everything still is. And we can only really draw on what we see with spy shots and and whatnot. And um, that's me leading into the discussion on these RX spy shots. They came out of Japan. They were on a YouTube channel and it showed the RX, you know, camouflaged up with this black and white swirl design can't really see a lot except for the overhang, mm-hmm. which is very clear and it doesn't look like they're moving away from. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that. When those spy shots came out, I think the first thing I did was send them to you with like WTF. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I so. you know, I, I, uh, I it, it makes me crazy because look, while I drive a GX now, I drive a GX because I prefer to drive body on frame to front wheel drive. <clears throat> Trust me, I have a point here. Let's like <laughs> looking like looking at the NX. Like I'd love to have an like actually I'd probably be a great candidate for an NX 450H plus. I, I live in the city. I primarily commute around the city. It'd be great. I'm not really sure about the like $65,000 price point for an NX personally. And it's a little bit small. So something like an RX, but like the RX, I'm sorry, it's a terrible car to drive unless you buy the RX 450H. Mm. Um, uh, it's terrible to drive. Lexus, we've talked about this multiple times, the all-wheel drive system that Lexus uses slips and struggles for traction before the all-wheel drive engages. So if you try to drive any reasonable amount of like spirited the way that I do, mm-hmm. it is super sloppy. The car is all over the street. The tires are chirping nonstop. But like, think about it. I am a previous GS and LS owner. There is like, if there was a GS or LS comparable crossover in the Lexus lineup, I would already own it, but I don't because there isn't one. <laughs> so you look at uh, these spy shots and it's clear looking at that, that, you know, it seems like we're once again working with a front wheel drive platform, which I think we all expected. But uh, these massive front overhangs that Lexus likes and continues to put on vehicles like the last RX, honestly, even this generation NX has a pretty long front overhang when you mm. look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this RX, again, seems to have the same thing. Like, this is brutal. Having that much weight over the front of your car doesn't make it great to drive. I mean, yeah. you know, you can offset that now more with like electrification technology and some of the new all-wheel drive systems and stuff like that. But there was there were a couple shots of it and a couple people disagreed with me like, oh, I think it's the angle. And then posted a picture of the current RX and I'm like, no, the current <laughs> RX is just as bad. <laughs> like we need to be making progress here, not making yeah. excuses. Uh, the design, like, the rest of the design looked really nice. I do not care for this generation of RX. I never have. I feel like the whole design has been really overstyled and really choppy. The new design to me looks a lot. It looks similar, but it looks more cohesive. Uh, it looks a little bit more organic and more fitting with what Lexus has been doing. But if it comes out with that Honda front overhang, it is going to be another no from me. And really, like truly, I would be the perfect buyer for an RX if it was slightly more performance oriented and better looking. I honestly love bringing up front overhangs because it's such a trigger for you. I hate it. It's (laughs) it's just it is like, what is the excuse? What is the excuse to be designing cars like that in 2022? I actually like the RX. I I do share your feelings, not maybe not as strongly, but I do share your feelings about the overhang and, and the size of it. But I, I love that the teardrop shape of it. I feel like it really has aged well. I think it still looks modern. And I think that you're right in talking about, you know, the NX. The NX is going to influence the RX immensely. And, you know, we've also seen, you know, production shots of the RZ. I think that that design is also going to, you know, influence the RX 
the NX, you know, despite having a, a long front overhang, I think looks great. The IS, I absolutely love. The LC, I love. Like, um, you know, and I have said too, I really like the design of the new LX. So I'm excited. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm probably never going to fit into the profile of an RX buyer because Lexus is probably going to keep it front wheel drive biased and whatever else. Mm -hmm. But for the buyer and even from the aspect of fitting into the lineup with the way everything else looks from spy shots, like the creases are toned down. The design's a little bit more organic. I think it's going to be really nice. I really do. And then finally, the last thing we're going to talk about, and it's a little bit old now. We talked about it when the rumors originally came out, but this idea that Lexus is going to release two supercars Mm. within five years of each other, one powered by a twin turbo V8 and the other one being a full electric. And the crazy thing is, is that we're hearing whispers that this could really happen. And to go from what we've had for the last, you know, since the LFA to having two supercars in the span of five years, I I just can't even, my mind boggles. Between Lexus and Toyota, there was a whole lot of back and forth about sports cars. And a lot of those, like a lot of the rumors started at the same time. And even if you sprinkle in, it's not a hundred percent related, but it's, there seem to be rumors that the next generation Supra will be hybrid and, you know, could be co-developed with something, you know, on the Lexus side, who knows? Then Toyota came out with the GT3 concept at the same time that we were hearing these different rumors about a Lexus sports car. And then Lexus opens up, you know, their reveal with the sports, the electrified sports car concept. So it, uh, yeah. there were a couple articles on this and I thought the way that they laid it out made a lot of sense and provided a lot of clarity. And it was that there would be a new sports car from Lexus coming around 2024 or 2025 that would have the twin turbo V8 that they killed for the LC mated to a plug-in hybrid electric system. So it would be a plug-in hybrid twin turbo V8. And I think if I remember correctly, I think the number for that was supposed to be somewhere in the realm of like eight or 900 horsepower. Okay. And then that car is supposed to run like a five year period and be replaced by essentially the electric sports car concept that we saw from the big EV reveal. So the timing of that to me does actually make a lot of sense. It would make sense for if Lexus and Toyota put, you know, 10 plus years into developing that V8 and then had to kill it because the LC was too heavy. I, I mean, it makes sense to me to think they're going to want to put it somewhere and use it for something. You know, the V8 is kind of like the new V10 or V12 with everything downsizing. So that gives them this cool Halo product they haven't had since the LFA. Lexus has said they'll be fully electric by 2030. That gives them a five year window to say, look what we did. One last hurrah. And then it's replaced by a new sports car after that, you know, 2030, that is in keeping with having a wholly electrified lineup. Well, and I mean, it also dovetails into what we've been hearing out of the Lexus racing program, which is that the replacement for the RCF in the IMSA GT3 space is going to be based off of this Toyota GT3 Mm -hmm. concept that we saw, which I'm sure that a twin turbo V8 hybrid would fit under the hood of that car. Yeah, the hood is like as big as my house, so (laughs) I don't know what wouldn't fit under it. It's huge. So 
I mean, on the flip side, I think like it just makes it me feel like, why don't they just like tear the bandaid off, come out with this LFA EV, use it as the halo. Mm -hmm. And why would it be the last model instead of the first model? But I mean, I cannot turn my nose up at a 800 horsepower uh, Lexus by any stretch of the imagination. Right. I do wish, look, like it doesn't matter what I think, but if this V8 is sitting on the shelf somewhere and they're trying to figure out how to use a couple of them before they're done, yeah. like put it in the LX, put it in the LC. It doesn't have to be called F. Like the UR V8 is old now. Like if you refresh the LC, put this engine in it for two or three years before it's done. I don't know. Do something with it. Well, and I mean, maybe that's what we'll see, but I'm it's definitely seems like a strange play to just also just put this in a in a sports car. Right? I mean, there's no reason right. that this couldn't be used throughout the SUV lineup. But yep. I don't think we'll see it in the TX or the RX. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only in dreams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will be back at you. The announcement of the RZ is this week. I will be driving the LX. We'll be talking about that next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye. Yeah, bye.